Welcome to Religio Sanity, episode two. My name is Peter Rinaldi. I'm with Pastor Andrew. Hello. What do you have for us today? I, 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 I thought that we should uh, go back to what we touched upon uh, in the previous session. And it was uh, thinking about uh, genesis of monotheism in Hebrew Bible. Yes. And, and we need to, to repeat again. Uh, I don't want there to be a genesis of monotheism. I want it to have just existed. Like, this is what people think, I think. That we, we don't want to know about the genesis <laughs> but of the, these things. This, this is, but this is interesting. Uh, this is exactly what I meant, that, uh, you, you know, for instance, the knowledge of ancient Near East literature, yes. and particularly Ugaritic literature, is complicating things. Yes. And uh, that is one of that complications. So let us yes. talk about this genesis of monotheism. And, and before you even talk, yeah. even talk about that, what you just said there, the idea of finding the Ugaritic text, mm -hmm. and like, I'm sure some people, fundamentalists or something at, around that time when they find this, they, they don't want to know more uh, mm -hmm. historically that takes them out of their belief Comfort system. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but, but knowing more actually feeds the faith. Yes, yeah, and knowing and, more of, and, of and, history and makes it makes it sturdier and stronger and uh, enlightened. Uh, so, returning back now to uh, that original image we presented in the previous uh, session, uh, is that we need to view uh, biblical faith or the religion presented in the Bible, Hebrew Bible specifically in this case, uh, is a subset of Israelite religion, mm -hmm. which itself is a subset of a religion of ancient Near Eastern people, Semitic people. Uh, and uh, that was polytheistic. Mm -hmm. uh, one example of it is present to us in this Ugaritic or Ugaritic uh, literature. Uh, and it is a very good source because it is datable. We know when it ceased to exist. So that's the date uh, from which we are drawing. Yeah. And uh, from that we recognize also that that was a polytheistic version of what later became a biblical religion. Mm -hmm. And that is what I mean by that genesis. Now to look into yeah. how from the polytheistic religion, we go towards that monotheistic religion of what is called uh, Old Testament, or more appropriately should be called uh, Hebrew Bible. Yeah. And uh, one example of that might be God Baal. Yeah. And in uh, Hebrew Bible, it is almost always uh, portrayed as an rival. Yeah. So you're saying he is, Baal is in, I think you said this last week, he mm -hmm. is in the Hebrew Bible. Uh, yes, uh, directly and indirectly. That's right. uh, something to, to consider also. So God Baal was a Canaanite god uh, uh, known throughout uh, Middle East, ancient Middle East. And uh, it's, it's not only a name, you can translate it and it simply means owner. Hmm. Strangely enough, it is very similar to uh, the, the current way Jewish people are talking about uh, Yahweh. Hmm. You probably know that they would never pronounce Tetragrammaton, yeah. uh, Yahweh. Yeah. Uh, 
those four letters and instead they uh, wherever it is written they would read or pronounce it as Adonai mm -hmm. and Adon means Lord mm. uh, so uh, owner and Lord Baal and Adonai mm. uh, are almost uh, synonyms mm. in in Semitic language mm -hmm. uh, they have slightly different connotations but they are identical mm -hmm. and for sometime uh, clearly they were able to use Baal to talk about Yahweh mm -hmm. just like they are now using Adonai to talk mm. about Yahweh mm -hmm. but then uh, came the time when they stopped doing it and replaced all signs of, or traces of uh, uh, this name of Baal. And is, uh, that, is that a long period of transition over to that or is that a s s short period? It's, 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 it was relatively short. Hmm. Uh, it, it came with a main prophetic voice of uh, Jeremiah and Isaiah and uh, Deuteronomistic school which uh, took that completely out mm. and you can even find some traces that uh, you know in certain times people can be named with the uh, Baal in their name mm -hmm. you know those theophoric names and uh, later on it would be censored out so you have both <laughs> versions of, uh, of the name so Gideon was called uh, Yerubaal or Jerubaal, mm. let Baal multiply, and it was changed uh, changed uh, into uh, Yeru or Jerubeshet, which is associated with uh, you know censorship almost, mm -hmm. uh, taking it out. Or Eshbaal, which would be man of Baal, was mm. changed into Ishboshet, mm. uh, which means man of shame. Or Mary Baal, who is like Baal was changed into Mephibosheth, hmm. uh, which means from the mouth of shame, hmm. you know, and they'll use this uh, Bosheth instead of Baal uh, to simply, yeah, uh, you know, Bosheth means shame and Baal means owner or mm. lord. And so, uh, you, you know, they'll play with this and try to hide it. Yeah. But in some other places, it still survived. Huh. And so that way we know that there was this shift that yeah. up until certain time, Baal was acceptable way of talking, say, about mm, Yahweh. So weird. Uh, and then it became simply unacceptable or not tolerated, and so they tried to take it out. Wow. So that, that's one, uh, one example of that. Wait, uh, no, I have, I, I, yeah. I have a question. Mm -hmm. Around the time that people were, were talking about Baal, was there always other gods? This is like before... Mm -hmm. Before Adonai, before everyone was like switching the Baal name to, mm -hmm. was there was was Baal always one of many gods? Oh yes, yeah, yeah. That okay. was that part of polytheistic pantheon. Uh, Baal was one of the most active gods. It was not the head of pantheon. Gotcha. Head of pantheon was a uh, god called El. El was accepted, hmm. and is throughout the Bible. 
but Baal was rejected, or at least the name of Baal yeah. was rejected. And, yeah. and uh, uh, but interesting thing is also that Baal had certain attributes, and those attributes are present in the Bible and they're given to Yahweh. Huh. Uh, and they're assigned to Yahweh. So, in the Hebrew Bible, under some images or metaphors associated with biblical God, you have in hiding the presence of Baal. They were chastising people for believing in, in, in many gods at, at a certain mm -hmm, point, mm -hmm. and yet they were incorporating the actual things into into, yes, into their own into faith. Their own faith. And, and you know, you can look at it uh, from a slightly different perspective also. It is preserving and richness of that earlier religion mm -hmm. and something which became uh, viable and strong in their understanding of self and of the world. Mm -hmm. So while going towards monotheism or the faith and belief in one God, they wanted to carry over uh, some powerful way of thinking about the world and the uh, position of human beings yeah. in the world. Uh, and they, they took this uh, heritage of their earlier faith with them. Mm. They did not want to abandon it. Mm. it. It was powerful and it still is powerful yeah. uh, until now. Uh, some of the images are very, very picturesque and, 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 and nice. Mm. Uh, so like uh, when, when we are singing in, in churches uh, or reading or when on your own you are reading in the Bible, say Psalm 29, uh, which is full of this, uh, the, that imagery of God as a God of storm. Mm. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. God makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Sirion like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord causes the oaks to whirl and strips the bark from trees of forests. And in his temple all say glory. You know, that's, that's a beautiful, very powerful, uh, very picturesque yeah. uh, psalm. Yeah. And my apology, because I'm not native in English, so, you, you know, I, I can imagine that the, an actor can read it mm. beautifully. Mm -hmm. uh, and so th this is a marvelous, splendid poetry, yeah. religious poetry. And frankly, this is an image of God Baal mm. behind it. Mm -hmm. You know, only the name for God <laughs> was replaced has changed, yeah. uh, or has changed. Yeah. I can imagine devotee of Baal in ages past yeah. can easily sing this psalm. <laughs>
Right. And and you know, it's not a loss to have it in the Bible. Yeah. It enriches our faith. It yeah. enriches you know, it's it's ancient, but at the same time it's a beautiful poetry. This brings the question. Why do they why was there this push mm -hmm. to go into monotheism anyway? From a a, a believer's perspective the believer would just say because there actually is only one god mm -hmm. like they mm -hmm. that they finally got it right mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. but but that's not a very good historical um i actually I, I i think that the, the faith uh, philosophy and uh religion leads towards that mm. You know, you can observe that in polytheistic systems, religious systems, there is this inclination towards monotheization or monotheistic understanding, even uh, in as clear polytheistic systems like in Hinduism. There'll be philosophical speculations about actually there being only one God and having these many manifestations. Uh, uh, in different forms. Mm. So there is this drive towards that, really from within our mm. philosophy and religion. That's one thing. The other contributing factor in, in Israel was, uh, or in ancient Israel, was uh, uh, royal ideology. Uh, there is more and more thought given to and um, academics are looking into it and it's almost certain that there was this uh, desire of centralized uh, the cult to centralize religion in Jerusalem mm -hmm. in the royal temple mm -hmm. uh, and and to use uh, faith also to prop the national and royal ideology and try to cut off what would be later labeled as foreign influences. Yeah. Uh -huh. But at the same time, preserving, as we saw, many aspects of that older polytheistic yeah. uh, imagery and uh, poetry yeah. and and myths or at least torsos of myths yeah so that that's one thing the other thing is that for instance uh, uh, one of the prime uh, titles of uh, of Baal uh, was that uh, Baal was thunderer we heard that yeah uh, Hadad would be uh, the Canaanite name for it ah. uh, uh, and he was also described as an charioteer on clouds mm. or chariot rider on clouds. Uh, you we need to understand that the chariot was a prime military right. uh, tool, yeah. uh, like these days, or weapon of, of, of army, uh, of fight. Uh, like these days would be probably jet fighters or yeah. something like that. You know. Yeah. So uh, back then it was uh, 
chariot, the, they were chariots. Uh, chariot was uh, like elite units within the army. Mm. And uh, Baal, one of the titles uh, was uh, charioteer on clouds. And interestingly, you can find this in, in Psalms and, and elsewhere uh, to be assigned to God also. Uh, in Psalm 104, you make the clouds your chariot. Mm. You ride on the wings of the wind. You make the winds your messengers, fire and flame your ministers. Mm. Here you have the combination of that. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you heard that uh, title uh, kind of in poetry again given uh, of charioteer on a, of the clouds together with that thunder or, uh, you know, bold holder, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, the, the, the hadat there with the flames under the command and winds as messengers, for instance. Mm -hmm. uh, so that is where you can see that, uh, you know, Baal is dead, but was subsumed. Yeah into a biblical religion and it's yeah. used in liturgy yeah. and, and in reading from the Bible until today. And that is how, you know, understanding ancient Near Eastern religion can actually make things more complicated, but at the same time richer, yeah. more beautiful. And, and you recognize that uh, in, in our faith, we are really having, in one way or another, preserved something very, very ancient and precious, poetically, religiously, I would call it metapoetically, mm -hmm. richly. And, and that's what makes me just astonished or yeah. uh, being in awe. Yeah. So we shouldn't be scared of this. We shouldn't be pulling from it or 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 thinking it it's not worthy of uh, examination because it's pagan ancient or, or pagan, an, yeah, or, or foreign or whatever. Yeah. We are actually through these passages. We are t touching the the oldest. Mm -hmm. Not always the oldest is the most important. But those are the beginnings of the roots from which our faith is growing now. Mm -hmm. And being aware of it and to some degree even celebrating it is, is important, I think, and, yeah. and very enriching. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll end with a, a quick thing that a, a comedian, Ricky Gervais, once said that that made me laugh. He said, yeah. he's an atheist. Uh, uh, he I calls like himself, atheists. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> calls himself an agnostic, agnostic atheist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he said, uh, he was talking to Stephen Colbert, who's, who's a believer, and, and he, he said this. Roman Stephen, Catholic. Roman Catholic, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. And he said, uh, uh, Gervais said, uh, you know, there was 3,000 gods, you know, recorded. Oh, over, maybe more. Or maybe more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he said, but you don't believe in 2,999 of them, and I just don't believe in one more than you do. That's all. Like, yes, we both yeah. don't believe in 
2,999 gods, both me and you. And it's just, I just don't believe in one more. <laughs> I, I will actually turn it around. Yeah. You, you know, if, if you look into true comedians and where they are drawing the power and so on, and, and knowing more about uh, ancient mythology and uh, ancient religion, you recognize that if you want to be really good comedian, it's very important for you to know the religion. Yes. Because yes. those are ancient myths. They were there, or the, those ancient stories. Yes. Uh, and they were purified by tradition yeah. over millennia. That's right. Uh, they were sifted through, and all which was not uh, important or carrying any substantive message mm -hmm. was forgotten or left out. Yeah. And, and through that process, you know, we are becoming more human. Yeah. Religion was a major force behind us being more human. And here, with those ancient religions, we are really touching the beginnings of being human, what it means yeah. to be human. Yeah. And uh, so I, I think it is important for all of us. And, uh, and comedians, good comedians, actually recognize it. And they are quite well yeah. phrased. They are poking fun of it. And yeah. I, it's all right with me. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I think that they are well phrased in, uh, in, in religion. Yeah. In one way or another. Yeah. And that's the end of yeah, it. That, <laughs> and, that, and that kind of adds to the, to, mm -hmm. to, you know, e even poking fun of it kind of adds to the whole uh, celebration of it. Or that's not the right word, of the whole. It, yeah, it yeah, makes sure. it grow. It yes, makes it yeah, grow. Yeah. And, 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 and it keeps it alive. Yeah. You know, and, and frankly, uh, what do you think when there was not writing, it, when it was still in oral mm -hmm. format? In oral format, in, you know, passing on the stories, you were passing only those stories which impacted you mm -hmm. in one way or another. Yeah. And that was the main characteristics of that story to, in order to survive. Yeah. And uh, so many of those stories are actually very lively. Yes. You know, we made them wooden. Yeah. And they are printed in the Bible and that'll be a completely new... Um, new episode in, in yeah. our uh, to talk about the humor and jokes in the Bible <laughs> but well, because they are there yeah you know in, in order to preserve those stories yeah or to those stories surviving until they were written yeah they had to be lively they had to bring something into the life yeah, you know, but here that's that's completely another section. That's another you, you know, episode. That, that'll be another to. episode, not immediately next one, <laughs> because I think that we need to return to God El. Yeah, that uh, is the or Elohim, uh, yeah. because that was the other uh, version. So Baal, many of his attributes were accepted, but mm -hmm. name itself was rejected. Yes, while with El. Uh, both both were accepted. Wow. The name of God was accepted and until now when you are speaking in Hebrew you are actually using the name. Wow. 
you know, for God. And you're saying that this is throughout all of the Bible? Yes. Uh, the uh, Hebrew Bible. The Hebrew Bible, yeah, of course. Hebrew yeah. Bible, and if you have it, yeah. uh, if you have Hebrew translation of New Testament, <laughs> that'll be the same thing. Wow. If you are speaking about God, you are speaking about in uh, in biblical Hebrew, it'll be Elohim, which is pluralis, uh, uh, plural myesthaticus, mm. uh, uh, royal plural, uh, for God, mm. but using the name El. And it's both. It's a proper name of deity, but also just a regular appellative, mm. uh, God. Mm. So, you, you know, you cannot... And it is associated with Allah and uh, in, in Arabic, say, because it's a also Semitic right. language and, and so on and so forth. But that'll be another uh, episode. Well, well we're going to look forward to that. Yeah. Thank you again thank for you, a wonderful you. episode. Thank you. Come back next time.